0: This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding, and I'm joined, as always, by Jim Sebastio. We're going to get started here in just a minute. Uh, I want to encourage you to go to practicalshepherding.com and check out the resources there, podcasts, articles, books you can get, um, all kinds of things. Uh, the Shepherd's House, Jim. We should, we should mention the Shepherd's House because uh, you should come stay at our cabin, our six-bedroom cabin on 180 acres for free for two nights. If you want so go there it's free for all pastors pastors wives uh, but you got to apply to come stay and uh, but there's a shepherd's house link there go and check that out and if you apply to come stay you just got to get yourself here but other than that we stock the pantry and the fridge with food uh, you have the old cabin to yourself it's pretty great so take us up on it uh, but we have it from february to may and then august to november and the spring is pretty full at this point so yeah. Go If you want to come stay in the fall, you need to come and apply to stay with us. Also, check out SponsorPastor.org. That's a great way to support the ministry. And so feel free to check those things out. But we're going to dive right into topic, though. And we often ask for or get requests from people on social media and other things of people wanting us to tackle a topic. And this is one of them. And we said, let's tackle this one because this is arguably, Jim, maybe something that every pastor, every pastor in the world Has to try to figure out, and that is how does a pastor live a balanced life with the busyness of ministry that never ends. And many pastors have wives and children, and so they have families that they have to try to take care for and give time to. But then they also have them themselves to try to care for in the midst of all that. So before I toss it to you with with just a a, a bit of uh, just a biblical foundation. Practical shepherding, the core of our ministry is soul ministry family, that that triad that really points to the holistic care of a pastor. And so we are going to talk about those kinds of, of elements as far as when we're trying to think about how to have a balanced life as a man, as a Christian husband, father, and a pastor. So what's a biblical framework for us to think about this conversation, Jim? Brian, I want to give it by way of tension,
1: and one of them, of course, the scriptures tell us it is required of stewards that they be found faithful, and that is that there are things that are given to us that we have to do, so that if we're a pastor, we have to preach the word. If we're a husband, we have to love our wives. If we're a father, we have to be ra- we have to be involved in the raising and nurturing uh, of our children, um and then you couple that with the reality of uh, Psalm 103 and that uh, God knows our frame that he pities us knowing that we are dust and that is therefore a tension between uh, our striving to do the will of God and to do it well every every pastor wants to hear the words well done good and faithful servant and so that comes in a context of uh, here's the task and we we sought to do the task and to do that task well uh, but that you recognize that our days are made up of seconds, minutes, and hours, and uh, and then the days, are weeks are made up of days, and months are made up of the weeks, and that we need to do things like sleep and eat, and um, that in order to function well, uh, we need certain dynamics uh, in our lives. And, and the I think the reality of many pastors, and I can remember this particularly early on in my life, it's just that... That feeling—I was spinning so many plates in the air, and and I, I, or to put it another way, I had so many various things I was involved in, and I felt I was doing something with all of them, but doing none of them well. Mm-hmm. That, that was the—that's a really common I, thing we hear. That's how—that's yeah. how I felt. So yeah. I was preaching. I was—I was a new husband, and 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 at that time I had to work. Uh, as well, and all of that, and I thought I'm, I'm I'm doing all I'm called to do, but doing nothing well. Jack of all trades, master of none, as yep. the old expression
0: went. And we we hear all the time, just that's how pastors feel in general right mm-hmm. now. In fact, I mean, we our ministry cares for several thousand pastors in a given year now, mm-hmm. and it, it, one of the most common things we hear over and over and over again is that very thing that. They, they one they they feel over committed. They feel overwhelmed. They feel like that they don't do anything well because they're just so stretched so thin. And that's usually talking about even just within the ministry component. That when you build in the the family dynamic into that, you build in the just caring for yourself dynamic. Something usually gives. Right. And this is this is the conversation we want to have today because uh, I'm convinced. You know, with, with of pastors not making it five years, 80% not making it 10 years. Because of those stats, I'm convinced one of the reasons those stats exist, and they're such a startling number, is that many pastors function at a level and in a way that is unsustainable. So what we want to talk about today is how does a pastor figure out how to have a balanced approach to his life? Not just his ministry, but his whole life. Because what we try to stress around here is, we're, the goal is not to help pastors survive. Like there's a lot of pastors that are just surviving in right. what they're doing. Our ultimate goal as a ministry and and why we talk about the things we do is because we want pastors to thrive. Mm. And the only way for a pastor to thrive is to for him to have a figure out how to have a balanced life for himself. And it's going to be different for everybody. So right. we want to talk about some principles, you know, around this. But let's go over here first, Jim. Let's talk about you know what. Why is it important? for a pastor to have, when we talk about soul ministry family, caring for himself, him being faithful in his ministry, prioritizing the care of his family, if he's got a family, mm-hmm. why is why is this important for us to, to talk about? Why is it important for pastors to each one of them to figure out in their own way what does a balanced life mean? Well, again, Brian, I go back to what I, at least for myself, I, I go back to the areas of,
1: of stewardship and need. And in, in I think this we're going to get into this, I think, in a little bit, is trying to understand what am I called to do? What does God expect of me? What does God require of me? Which is different than what do I require of myself or what does my church require of me? But as I, I as I strive to understand these these balances of of life, uh, so there are things I'm called to do. If I'm the pastor, that I'm that I am, I, I believe I believe it is part of my it's part of my calling as a man, as a Christian, or as a pastor. And so I think those are the things that, at least for me, that would weigh upon my mind, and where I would need at times to be. And this is a, again tension. Sometimes free from all men and free from the expectations of of certain people that would wear you into the ground but on the other hand where i might be tempted to laziness or to unbalance to say no that god will provide what he requires uh and so i just i need to ensure that my conscience is properly trained that i'm not putting a pressure on myself that god never intends for my humanity Mm mm-hmm uh, so that I can know with a good conscience, this is what I'm called to do.
0: Uh, so that that to me is I don't know if I'm going yeah, where you were going good.
1: with that, but that's that's where I, how I would answer that.
0: Yeah, and I I would say there's a lot of things we could talk, but but I, I want to center it on this. Start here. If if I was asked what would be my one answer, why are pastors why are pastors having a hard time figuring out how to live a balanced life? I would say this: pastors in particular are usually terrible at being human. We're, so just that's what the place I want to start at. Pastors are terrible at being human. Mm. In other words, pastors don't know how to embrace the limitations that they are one person, they are one man. They need to sleep at some point. Yeah. They need to eat and eat well and they need to exercise. They need friendships, they need personal care from mm. other people. Like we're because human beings need all of that. And and we've got to know our limitations and the problem is that ministry often demands or pastors feel the pressure of having to be superhuman. And then so- Brian, for some of these
1: guys that are listening to this, on top of that 30. 30- 20, 30, 40, 50 hours a week of a secular job. of another job, yeah, bivocational. Guys. and then yeah, and then the sermon, and then you know, all this other stuff. And,
0: and we want—I'm glad you brought that up because we do want to in this conversation be keeping in mind those who are bivocational or work a full time job and trying to do ministry, or maybe a guy who works full time jobs, a lay elder, but how does he have a balanced life? Because it's, mm. so all of this, you know, all of this matters. So let's break it down into those three categories first. Let's talk about let's talk about some things that we need to think about. We're talking about soul, ministry, and family. Let's start with ministry first, because that's the one that everybody wants to talk about. Nobody wants to talk about themselves and how to care <laughs> for ourselves. Let's start with the ministry side. So what? how does a pastor begin to think about his ministry? How he plans his day? How many hours should he work in a day? All those kinds of things. What are some starting points, Jim, for a pastor to figure out how to find a balanced life, and let's say ministry and work. So let's say if you have a bivocational, you've got to figure in how much ministry work do I do in light of my secular job. Exactly. So, exactly. But so, how, do you, uh, how do you think about that? I think there are three primary areas
1: uh, for... Uh, and. I'm not going to touch on the soul issue right now, but yeah, I'm that's just gonna touch. Right, that's separate. So, yeah. Like as far as like you, you know, you need to feed your own soul, kind of a thing, because it's out of the abundance of that that you're going to do your ministry, right? Sure. But so I think administration, uh, your teaching ministry, and your shepherding ministry, shepherding, counsel, slash counseling, yep, uh, whatever. And and so and I think any given day, any given week, any given month, you know, so some of this is going to is going to vary. What's not going to vary is, for you most likely, is your pulpit ministry. That's probably going to be the one constant. Yep. How much administration? Some months, very little. In uh, some months, it might be an hour or two of administration. You're going to have some times where it's going to feel like three or four or five days are going to press in upon you. Yep. It's annual budget time or you know whatever the case may be, and so it's unusual. Um, some depending on the size of your flock. Some of this is dependent on the size of your flock. How many people are in your church? You have 15 people in your church uh, the matter of caring for the congregation, regularly getting with people, checking in on people, having a, a lunch or coffee with various people, having them over for dinner—you, you, you may be able to do that far easier than somebody's got 200 members oh, in their totally. church. Or 300 a, that's members. a totally different. So, situation. So it's a whole now. different situation. Uh, but again, it's all—it's all, it's all going to be limited by other dynamics. Mm-hmm. It's you know, you you only have so much time for that. Now, the thing that, you know, that's the, you know, the, 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 uh, elephant in the room every week is the sermon. Yeah. Are you teaching Sunday school? Are you preaching in the morning? Are you preaching at night? Are you leading a Wednesday? So I'm leading Wednesday night, uh, tonight. I did adult Sunday school and morning last week, the week before I did the same week before that I did adult Sunday school morning and evening. Uh, you know, so that's a different week than when, so next week, uh, I think, well, next week I, I'm doing a couple of conferences so that, and I'm not preaching on Sunday. So what I look at at a week like that is I don't have fresh preparation. I mean, I need to know what I'm going to do for the conferences, but I don't have a lot of fresh preparation. right, right. And that means I can meet with five or six people, whereas on, a, on the week prior, if I have three ministries, I might be able to meet with one or two, mm-hmm. but it's, that, that's going to have to be variable. But the people need to be fed. Uh, Sunday's coming, whether you like it or not. And sometimes it feels like it's every other day. But Sunday's coming. Hungry sheep are coming. They're expecting some food yeah. from the pulpit. Yeah, and, right. and you want to be able to give them the best you can give them within the constraints of the time that you have. Yeah. So I, I, there's a lot of variables to that, but that's what I would say.
0: Yeah, do. that's good. I, those three areas, that's a helpful distinguish, the way to distinguish how to spend the time. But you make a really excellent point in that those three areas are good things to look at, but they're going to not only vary... Through the weeks and months but the nature of the job also uh varies in uh some more than others so for example the 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 church that's 15 people in the church that's 200 well the shepherding task is totally different in my opinion around right. that but the preaching task is it, pretty much the same exactly right so that, that's that's an important part to part to understand with you know the size of your congregation will affect your shepherding. Probably will affect the administration side as well to some mm-hmm. degree. Mm-hmm. But whether you preach to fifteen or whether you preach to hundred or two hundred, uh, whoever you are as a preacher and how you prepare to preach is it's going to be virtually the same. So you know I think these are all things to keep in mind when you're thinking about how much uh, how much you work. Now I want to throw this out here, Jim, before we move to the other another category. How many hours a week? Should a full, so let's say go full time pastor. It's oh, this is yeah. his old job. Well, how much, how many hours a week should a full time pastor work in your opinion in a given week? Counting well, Sundays, by the way. Sundays. Count. Oh, counting Sunday. Well, it's yes. probably going to be in the 40, 50 hour a week range.
1: But I don't, I don't, I, I think pastors. I think pastors sometimes struggle so much with a sense of that we have to prove that what we do matters. And so the other guys can work 40 hours a week. The other guys can take 40, two days a week off. Uh, the right. other guys can have five, six weeks of vacation, but we can't because yeah. not just that what we do matters. So, well, we on the one hand, we might think what we do matters so much. I have to do, have to do this. But on the other hand, sometimes we may feel... Squeamish about what we do, and we have to prove to the congregation that we work hard for the little, sometimes the little bit of money that we get. And so, guys press themselves, and so that if it worked out that if you got paid by the hour, you're making like seven dollars an hour because, and you're working so much, and you have to be able sometimes to say, It's okay to be a human being like other people in my church who only. Yeah, you know, I think some pastors. You only work forty hours a week. What's wrong with you? Yeah, you're right. sinning. You only work like well, yeah, like everybody else does. And you know, look. Sometimes it's going to be fifty. Sometimes it's going to be sixty. Sometimes it's going to be seventy. But it might mean that the next week it's more like thirty. Yeah, because of because that. of the dynamics of like you know what. A lot of people are out of town, or the people that were your major uh, counseling—they're on a two-week vacation. And I mean, I I had years ago one time we had somebody left the church, and I said to the deacons, "I said I might need to cut my salary." Because the fact that they were gone freed up so much of my time <laughs> and my mental effort, that I thought that way my sometimes. job right. just became. And I get it, other things yeah. happen, but it was that kind of like, oh wow, so
0: uh, my job just got easier. So you're bringing up an important point that I that I want to bring a little further, and that's uh, pastors have to be careful because we can take sinful, unhealthy patterns of behavior and make them virtuous if we're not careful. And here's one example you gave. You know, if you work 75 hours in a week, uh, it could be the, re- you could tell yourself it's because you're really dedicated and you just really love Jesus and love his people. Mm-hmm. And that's why you worked 75 hours. And, or it might be because what you were talking about, you are working so hard to prove to everybody you matter and what you do matters and that you work really hard, that you're working yourself to death to try to prove that to them. That is not a good reason to work hard and yeah. to work 75 hours. But we can, we can, we're not aware of what's going on. We can convince ourselves, oh, I'm just really dedicated. That's why I do this. No, you're riddled with fear of what people yeah. think of you. And that's why you're killing yourself and you're never seeing your family. You don't take care of yourself. So yeah. I just, we want to put that on the radar uh, that to be careful to make sure we don't take unhealthy patterns and make them virtuous because yeah. we're in ministry.
1: And I do think, Brian, there's a, there's a, there's, I think there's a change going on in the whole dynamic of how work is viewed certainly in america but it's you know but how in in other parts of the world there's a difference between punching a doing time and doing a task yeah and i think what we when what we are involved in preeminently as pastors week by week is that we have a task oriented job yeah and that is have i met with been with been available for all the people i need to see Mm -hmm. are the various administrative matters being taken care of and and have i Spent the time and effort and labor to do the work that I need to do publicly. Yeah. And if I've done that, and now to do that again from week to week for us is going to be different than the guy who works at the widget factory where he shows up at eight and he's on a conveyor belt and so many widgets go by in a given day. And at the end of the week, he's done his 40, well, 43 hours a week or whatever, and he's off. Um, A nurse has, you know, others have a schedule. We don't have, many of us don't have a schedule of office hours like bankers or like others do. We have tasks that need to be done. So in that way, maybe we're more like a, a carpenter or, you know, who says, all right, I've got this many houses, this many things I have to build and this many things that have to be done this week. And however long that takes I me, mean, sometimes I'm gonna work a 12 hour day, and the next day it might be a five hour day, yeah, yeah. because I'm getting
0: the tasks done that are before me. On an av- I want to be bold, just bold, and mis- say a number. I-, I believe on an average, a full time pastor, if it's your only job, uh, on an average, as it-, it balances out, because week to week is different. I think a pastor should not work more than 50 to 55 hours a week, just okay. as a general balance. Yep. And and but by- just so you know, I'm not throwing something out there that's. You know, just this idealistic understanding of what, what should happen here and yeah. not try to do it. I hit a point when I really started to try to address this stuff in my life, to live a balanced life. There was a time where I was pastoring a church, I'm leading practical shepherding, and I had my role at Southern Seminary, and I got a wife and kids at home. Right. And um, I, with three jobs, I worked 50 to 55 hours a week uh, between those three jobs. Now, yeah. that, that's a whole different, separate conversation on, how you do that, but it's all about prioritizing what needs to be done and being okay yeah. with the things that have to be left. Because I I can hear the the those who some may be listening is going, yeah, but what happens when this when other things just have to get done? Well, I think you have to ask the question: Do they have to get done, or do you just really want them to get done? Some yeah. things maybe just can't get done. And Brian, we also we we put a pressure on us again that others don't other men don't have generally, and that
1: is almost every pastor I know talks about a day off. Yeah. Every other, Virtually every other worker in the church gets days off. Two, yeah, two days. A week, at least two days in a <clears throat> week. We get one. That's right. And, and, and again, sometimes, so I've said sometimes to a fellow elder or something like that, like he says, well, I have this other thing to take care of. It's like, look, every other guy in the church gets two days off. Yeah, that's right. If you need occasionally two days off in a week
0: and you're getting your task done, it's okay. And, and, and by the way, I want to say a word on bivocational Pastor before we move on from this, and that's for talking about, just talking tangible hours. Because I get it's uh, another say you work a forty hour a week job or whatever it is, but I I would say that if you're bivocational, because again I was I was working three jobs trying to make trying to job, they were all ministry jobs, but it was three separate jobs. Right. If you're bivocational and you work a secular job and you work forty hours a week at a secular job. I would encourage you that you should not work more than 60 hours a week, which means you have 20 precious hours to pour into your church if you work 40 hours. Use them well. Delegate real strategically. But I, I really push against the idea that you work 40 hours at your secular job and then try to do another 30 to 40 hours at church. Right. You you, you won't be able to sustain yeah. that. Most guys can't. And so, and generally speaking, Brian, again, I
1: want to be really careful with this because I, I guys, guys who do this, they're my heroes. I got to yeah. tell you, mega yeah. church pastors aren't my heroes. <laughs> it's the the vocational bi-vocational guys, yeah. guys no or the guy I, like my friend of mine who drove a truck forty hours a week with Frito Lay, and then sought to the pastors and, and you know and did all he of did that, you well, know, yeah. and kept his soul and did all of that. Yeah. Those are those are my heroes. I'm going to write a book about them, but. I would if I could. That's good. So generally, the point I was going to make real quickly is that generally you're probably pastoring a smaller church. If you pastor a church that's got 150 people in it or even 40 people in it and you're not full-time, something's probably wrong. You know, you may be pastoring in a very poor area. Yeah, there's definitely guys but like if, that. If, yeah. But if you've got 15 men in your church or, or or 15 men and women in the church who have full-time jobs, you ought to be able to... Work part time or full time, yep. and if you're not, then something. There's probably some dynamic. They need to wrong compensate you just, some, yeah, Which they, I'm they, sure you, they are. Are. You, you ought to be able to be. So, but, but that's the but the point is the point is that you're probably not going to have some of the shepherding. The amount of time that somebody is with hundred people in the church, or hundred and fifty people yep. in the church, the shepherding, the crisis, the amount of people just given that dynamic. Now, maybe you will, just given your particular setting or circumstance. Just
0: so you know, I would push. I'll push back a little bit on that because I know places that just the the money's not there even if it's 100 people but okay. the, now that's either it's in a poor area yeah. or people don't give whatever right. it might be and that's why I say well that's where but, I think so, that's sinful that part's
1: sinful now, one part you can't help the other part is sinful
0: I want to acknowledge that because I guarantee you there's bivocational guys listening to this now who have 80 to 100 people in their church okay. like right. what's wrong with them well Brian, maybe not invite like, Brian to come and talk about generosity I'd be glad to and do about valuing your your ministry let, let's shift to the secondary so soul a okay. uh, part of living a balanced life is, one, like, reg- like be mindful how much you're working your ministry, doing your ministry work. But the soul side is, here's an incredible irony. I talked about this recently in some different settings. It's an incredible irony that pastors give their lives to care for the souls of people mm-hmm. at the expense of their own. And so right. we want to first not assume you think it's actually okay and even good and right to care for yourself and to be intentional about that. Acts twenty is crystal clear. The it's part of it's just as much a part of the call to shepherd the flock. It is to take care, care take heed to yourself. That's Acts twenty twenty eight. Take heed to yourself, yourselves, and the flock. That's the call of a pastor. Mm-hmm. So, and there's a lot of things that 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 means. But we want to talk about how to care for ourselves in the midst of this. So, you alluded to it earlier. Spiritually caring for our yeah. own souls, feeding on God's word, prayer, spiritual disciplines those kinds of things and was walking with Jesus closely yeah. and faithfully and intimately like that's that's the that's a given but we want to highlight that's got to be part of this you can easily lose your walk with Jesus as you serve Jesus in your ministry so that that's the first component of the soul part but here's the other part talking about a balanced life a building in time in your life in your week where you're actually doing things to care for yourself so jim what are some things you do Specifically, to care for your own soul, knowing it's got to be a part of this balanced life.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm probably not as good as intentional as some people here. So, (laughs) do your best. I mean, there are things that That I do. We're all here. No, I spend time in the Word. You know, I mean, I meditate on the Word and and those kinds of things. And for me, that that means, I mean, some of these things overlap, you know, so that part of that's friendships, part of that's just. I mean, I get out and walk every day, so I walk five miles, at least yeah. five miles every day.
0: That's totally I falls don't into this category. Do,
1: you know, I, 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 for me, it's not like, oh, this is so life giving. I, I, it is. It <laughs> my hips hurt. My knees hurt, my feet hurt, you know, and I carry this dumb dog around sometimes. he has to sniff every blade of grass and pee on every other flower. This sounds glorious, Jim. You know, Keep going. Just like, We'd like, encourage the guys yeah, to. <laughs> I'm just saying that's part of the reality of it. I, I don't appreciate the honesty. I don't have like a great okay. regime of like, you know, I paint four hours a week and I run, you know, 20 miles a week. Like I, I try to doggedly, slowly... I, I plot I am William Carey. I can plod. Yeah. You and can I am yeah. a plotter's plotter. So um you know uh but I'm out there doing it, you know, even even if I'm finishing up my walk like I did last night at eleven thirty. I finished up my exercise routine. just like because it was like uh, I, I I earlier in the night I said I'm just not going to get it done today, and then I thought no, go ahead and get it. You know, so oh, that's I hit a good my example. Achievement. So. So,
0: so what's something else? Like what's something you do for fun? And when uh, you are all like doing yeah. fun things is good. Yeah, the soul? I enjoy reading. I enjoy uh, I
1: I enjoy a variety of YouTube things, uh, mm-hmm. particularly learning how to cook. So I was just saying you got to mention that. I, yeah, I cook you're, and cook. I, I I enjoy learning how to cook. I enjoy learning new recipes
0: and. And I got a secret uh, for everybody, just so you know. He's like really good at it. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's really good to be have a friend who can cook well like that. So, yeah. yeah so But th- that's what we're talking about though, Jim. I mean, it's it's caring for our bodies. Yeah. It's caring for our minds. It's, yeah. And again, I can't remember who said it, but I think it's a really helpful quote. Uh, if you work with your mind, rest with your hands. If you work with your hands, rest with your mind. And so yeah, pastors good. work with our minds primarily. And so having things that are physical is a great just formula to care for the soul. All right. So here's I'll mention a few things. One, I'm in the gym three to four times a week and largely I, I enjoy being there. Not not every time, but <laughs> largely because it I, I notice I just feel better uh, when I'm when I'm active and I, I love to be active, love to hike, love to bike outside, those kind of things. But but exercise, Jim I sleep regularly eight hours a night. Yeah. And, and I'm I'm really dogmatic about that. Yeah, I I, I do too now. Did, you know, do you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. so so I, sleep is a category. But I'm telling you that the world. I mean, if I get eight hours of sleep, man, I feel awesome most of the time. Yeah. It's just amazing. If I get six hours of sleep, three days in a mm-hmm. row. I, it does not matter how great my life is like I'm a it's a dark day it's a it's yeah, just the just world the, we just, just had the,
1: we had the uh, clock spring forward oh, uh, man. Yeah. A, a few days ago yeah. I, I bet your Monday I don't know if your Monday was like mine to Monday
0: but it, it was yeah it was I it was I napped blah, so. I napped hard Sunday uh, <laughs> okay. after I preached on Sunday and then I came home and napped yeah. hard so so sleep exercise um you know I I find that figuring out what helps me eat well is a good way to care for my body care for my soul I mean We can't, the way we eat determines how we feel so often. So that's a component of investing in meaningful friendships, Jim. Yeah, right. Just what that's good for my soul. Uh, Having people in our lives, like in doing things that we enjoy, doing things for fun. I literally got, I've had several conversations uh, with pastors who have sabbaticals this year. And it's interesting. I, I have to almost remember what I've said to guys because I'm saying these same things <laughs> to every guy, but it's a different guy. Right. And and but I, I'm emphasizing on your sabbatical, the focus is two things: rest and joy. Yeah, rest and mm. joy. You need to rest, rest your body. You need to rest from your labors. You need to rest in Christ. Like there's mm. all these components, but joy. Like do things that bring you joy. Seek the joy of the Lord. And your what does that look like? But also. Be with people who bring you joy. Do things that bring you joy. And so this is all. these components are all about caring for the soul. And I'm, I, I can't emphasize this enough, Jim. If you want to live a balanced life as a pastor and thrive in your ministry and in your life, you have to have these things where you care for yourself. Nobody in the church will know how to care for you like you do. And too many pastors neglect it. They don't fight for themselves. And that's usually what pastors have to do. Use every day your vacation time. Try to find times to rest periodically. That's all tied to the soul. Anything you want to add to that? Yeah, you know, two things. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna bend over the nails. So, a friend of mine said, you know, your
1: body is the only instrument you have with which to serve God. Yep. It behooves you, therefore, to take good care of it. This is your instrument. This is it. So, th- this is your your toolkit is your body. I mean, mm-hmm. this is, everything we do is with it's us. It, you know, but it's also our soul. And, and, and so, to take care of so the old the old writer said, I think it's John Owen, but I, I, it may not be. But it's somebody, it's somebody like that who said, "The life of the mini- the life of the minister is the life of his ministry." Mm-hmm. And as you go, unless you're a terrible hypocrite, unless you have an ability to put on and to act, your ability to, to minister well to others is rooted in the prosperity of your own soul. It's out yeah, of the good. It's good. A, a good man. Out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. Jesus yeah, said, "That's really
0: good." Let's, so, let's move to the third area, last area, and that's the family. And because if you have a wife, or if you have, a, and you have children, then you biblically have the responsibility. This is First Timothy. This is First Timothy, chapter three. Uh, you have a biblical responsibility to be faithful and care for your wife and manage your own household, care for your children, as the. The priority to even qualify to be a pastor, right? So, we we have when we're talking a balanced life, we have to make sure we're doing what we can to care well for our family. So, Jim, just a word on how does a pastor? make himself prioritize this when the family's the one that's usually the one to free him up don't want to get in the way of his ministry yeah. and they're the most gracious with the way we need to do our schedules and whatnot. how does a pastor not take advantage of that and how does a pastor make sure he's caring for his family well as the priority <sighs>
1: Well, you, you have to know your family. And again, some families are going to be different from other families. Some wives are going to, at certain periods of their life, are going to require far more of your investment of, of time. Yeah, right. Uh, little baby's born. Uh, the kids are little. She's trying to homeschool. Whatever the case, if she's trying to do all that and, and, and she's frazzled and uh, she feels disconnected. Um, which, again, may be different than when, they're, when you were both without kids. It's a different dynamic. It may be different dynamic when you're a little bit older, and maybe you're doing more ministry together, doing stuff together in a way you mm. didn't before. So some of that dynamic is going to change. It's going to be fluid. But she is going to be your barometer, and your kids are going to be the barometer of that. And so I think what you need, to, you need to be able to do a couple of things. I think one of them is you need to be able to protect your, your day off yeah. And then I think you also need to be able to work in with your wife to, to have to say, look, I need you to be honest with me. And, you know, so you knew because sometimes a woman didn't know she was signing up for this when she got married. She didn't know she was marrying a pastor. Many
0: I'm finding didn't. Know right. That. And so it's a different thing.
1: And so, OK, so you might really say, all right, I've been at this for a year, two years, five years how in what ways do you feel neglected because sometimes you're home but but you're not able to shut your mind off so everybody's there and you're saying but you're sitting there yeah. zombified you're or, home if, but not home yeah if you could project your thoughts you're thinking about the meeting where your deacon screamed at you or you know the the, the, the thing you can't put back right. to humpty dumpty fell off the wall on wednesday and yeah. the sermon you're thinking yeah, right. about, the, you're thinking about up, the sermon yeah. and you know whatever hey jim oh what 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 you know so you're there but you're distracted yeah yeah so that's a, that's a that's a tough dynamic, you know. Yeah. So you can recognize about how to actually deal with it. That's a hard thing. But you she might say to yourself, you know what, if I had you on your day off and if we did every other Thursday night dinner out or or mm-hmm. we had a we had a coffee date or something like that. Somebody came over, watched the kids, and we just had a coffee date, that yeah. you know, went for a walk. You know, so for me right now, I mean, we haven't done it quite as much lately weather-wise and other things, but it was like, okay, I get home, Let's go for a walk, you know, because you know the the old dog is there now too. That yeah. uh, so let's go for a walk and let's just take you know twenty minutes uh, of where we walk our little loop there and let's let's just debrief and, yeah. and see how you're doing. So she she is you're involved in her, you know what's happening in her life, and and then maybe take some time and and I haven't always been ver- I I've, I've often been terrible at this. Find some time to pray with her, uh, you know that kind of a thing, so that she is. Understood. So, and some time to have fun, um, you know. You know, sometimes we're not just talking about kids or you know whatever else, but t- time to have fun. I think trying to balance those things out are, mm. are important. That's
0: good. That's good. Yeah, I think. And you brought up the barometer idea, which I really appreciate because you know this thing, just a barometer measures pressure, and I believe yeah. that it's God's design that our wives actually are the barometer. I've been taught was taught that, learned that the hard way because for many years I didn't see my wife as that, but she is and was. Yeah. And so I, I think that, um, and you bring up another interesting point I would affirm, that it, it, it's about, depending on the season of life, it's about uh, how much time you're invested there in different ways. But yeah, the the quality of the time they get with you, your family, is the most important thing. So to, one of the ways to live a balanced life with this is to really take advantage of the time you do have with your family, whether mm-hmm. it's your day off or however it, that's going to work itself out. To be present in the home, like that's one of the things that's hard is the hardest thing to do because we do we have these distractions. We don't shut our mind off. We don't. We are distracted. And what I learned is when you have a two and three year old and you're playing with them on the floor, you can actually be half checked out and they have they don't know. You cannot be checked out talking to a twelve year old, thirteen year old, fourteen year yeah. old. They like see right through you, yeah, and they can tell you're you're checked out. And certainly your wife can know if you're half there. So that's a good point I think just to make the balance life is. You may not have as much time with your family as you want to. Again, you're bivocational, you're working two jobs, You know, whatever it might be. Work really hard to let go of whatever you need to let go of. I, I heard somebody say once, use the drive home, however, whether it's five minutes or 15 minutes or whatever. But use that drive home however you need to use it to get ready to enter into your house, serve your family, right. be present with them. Yep. I know a guy who basically, who basically told me burnt out, And he didn't have six months sabbatical to take. He he, he built into his schedule a 30-minute stop on the way home. He had a lawn chair in his trunk. He stopped at a park. He picked up a cup of coffee, and he sat there and literally sat at a park in the lawn chair, drinking coffee, breathing silence before Mm. he went home. He said it saved his ministry just doing that. So Mm. when we're talking about balancing, it's about knowing what you need to thrive in these diff- these three different areas that we're putting in front, so right, so a lot more we could say, Jim. Any yeah. final word you want to spring? Oh, up? Uh, just sorry. real quickly on the
1: on the issue of the family. Okay, it, it's just to say, particularly with your kids. Uh, I was going to say to you, Brian, so your your last one is getting close to. I'm almost flight. there. You're almost there. One more at home. Yep. Uh, my son, my youngest, is about to get married, and he's not coming home anymore. You know, you yeah. look at his room. You know, it's like he's not coming. You know, so that's it. You know, that part of life is over. Ask me how long it took, Brian. How long did it take, Jim? Forty-five seconds from the, the thirty-one years. You know, th- three first My oldest child's thirty-one. Uh, my youngest is twenty-one. Uh, four kids. You know, in that time, and it's all. You know, that part of it's part of that's over. You know, and you miss yeah. that. You miss that. If you can be involved in in your kids' things, so don't. And I would encourage don't overstretch. Don't have to. You don't have to do the uh, you know, American thing of. 45 sports and travel sports and yeah, right. you know, all that kind sure. of stuff and every, you know, so that there's always something, but if your kid's involved in, you know, ballet or they you have a gymnastics thing, those kids are going to turn around and look to see if you're there. Mm-hmm. And if you can be there, you can't always be there, but be there. In a, and, it, and my wife told a story the other day about a guy who his phone was dead. So he, had, he forgot to charge it and he was at his kids sports thing and he saw and he he saw his he actually saw his child looking for him, and 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 when they caught eyes cuz he wasn't looking down at his screen uh-huh. and how every other kid was looking for their parents but you know they they did what you know most you often do when you're there you just sit there and you play a game yep. or you're checked out a little bit but the kid saw that he was engaged and how much that meant to them now he had to do you know he was forced into that but it revealed something that's good be that's there good. if you can be yep. there be, you know as much as you can if that means sometimes you know, the deacon say you need to be over at this. Uh, well, you know what? I have a previous engagement, yeah, and, and uh, I'll be there at seven, yeah, you know, or whatever. But you know, yeah. four four to six is sacred time. Yeah, that's when the kids kicking a soccer ball, you know, or whatever it is, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be there for that. Yeah, so. that,
0: that's good. And, and just keep in mind that though you may up, we're all worried about upsetting people with decisions we make, but don't miss what you're teaching your church when you set boundaries and say, "Sorry, my kids got a ball game tonight. That's where I'll be." Yeah. Uh, I'll be glad to be praying for you, but I can't be there. I, I got to be here. Yeah. You, you may upset people, and we're all worried about yeah. that. But no, you're actually teaching them something really right. important about this balanced right. life we're yep. talking about. Yep. One final thing on this, on the the fam, my final word would be this. Last weekend, had a friend in town. He's a couple years older than me, and his last kids just left. I got one more. in a couple of years. Mine will be, um, a grown, and we were just reflecting on. You know, the Lord has really blessed both of our ministries, and we could spend a whole bunch of time talking about just how God has been kind to us in that way and talking about ministries. You know what we were sitting there reflecting on, and at some point both of us just in tears reflecting on this, that we really don't give a rip about what we've accomplished. Hmm. Um, the things that bring us joy is knowing that um, that our, we, we're still married, Hmm. Our wives still want to be married to us. Uh, <laughs> that we have good relationships and connections with our kids, even though they're right. grown. Yeah. Uh, just reflecting on that was very moving for us. Because, like, you know, I mean, I'm grateful to be a part of this. But as we sit here, I'm pushing 50. He's just entering into 50. You know, at this moment, the thing that matters to us the most is we, our families, you know, are intact. We were there for them as they were growing. Like, we have all these memories with them. And though they're sad because they're gone, you know, we we both were able to reflect on. We really made we made efforts to be there, and and how fleeting you're talking about. How fast this really does yep. go. Uh, I just I want to emphasize anybody who is listening to this and feeling so driven to just accomplish as much as you can in your ministry. My, that's my one call to you to balance your life because there will always be ministry to be done in front of you, but your children will not always be at home. You yeah. do not need to assume your wife's just going to always stay with you just because. Uh, you, you need to work on caring for yourself and really fostering your relationship with your spouse and, and with your kids at all seasons. And so on that note, Jim, I'm going to ask you to just kind of pray and ask God to give wisdom for those listening around us. Yeah, our Father in heaven, thank you that
1: you are mindful of our frame. You know that we are dust. Uh, And, Father, you have in your wisdom assigned things for us to do, and we want to do them well, and we want to do them faithfully. We we do want to feed the flock. We want to love them, take care of them. Father, we want to thrive in our own soul before you. And, Father, we want to love and serve our families, and, and we feel pressed and stretched and often guilty and sad. Father, pray especially for those who are who find themselves in a nearly, that just seems like an impossible situation. Father, come alongside them. Relieve them in their pain and suffering and their guilt. Father, give them uh, those that can come alongside and help carry the burden. Help them, Lord, where they need to, to delegate. And Father, even if they need to, Lord, without shame, uh, to lay aside the burden of, of, of caring for the flock that they may Uh, not lose their own heart and lose their family. Uh, aid, Aid in all of these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen.